Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yeah! When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And what extraordinary claim did they make this time, Carrie? This time they said, you can go into a room, sit around in a circle, meditate, and talk to the aliens who seeded humanity. So this is an extraterrestrial meditation with Matthew. With Matthew. That was the title of this event, and it was August 28, 2018, at the Liberate Emporium. Yes. Which you've been to before. I have. I like it a lot. You said it's, it's one of your favorite places. It's Well, okay. Maybe that's too far, but it is up there. So it's right next to a vegan restaurant I like a lot called Green Leaves. Yeah, not far away. It's just almost around the corner from the old CFI building mm-hmm. where we met. It's walking distance from me. A little over a mile. Los Feliz neighborhood in good old Hollywood mm-hmm. area. It is basically like a hippie slash occult store with, you know, a bunch of incense, a bunch of crystals, a lot of tarot decks, and a lot of psychic readings and channelings and energy healings and all of that sort of stuff. So they do have some events, and my friend Caroline Anderson sent me the post about this, and I said, who? Doggy. Well, looking through their events, there's a lot of material for us just at the Liberate Emporium. Absolutely. It's like that old psychic eye on Ventura. We should go back there. It's been a long time. Perhaps. Well, why do you say that? That place just creeps me out a little bit. Oh, does it really? A little. Well, this place offers all kinds of things. And uh, yeah, we stepped in there and oh boy. Do you get hit with a wall of smell? Oh, I like it. You like it. It was a little intense for me. I wouldn't say I was incensed. <laughs> I get it. They burn a lot of incense. This time oh it my was goodness. more sage, though. I've been in a lot of places before like that, but I feel like this was the most intense It was incense. pretty smelly. But you, you get normalized. For a second, I was thinking, okay, how did the people working here stand it? Uh-huh. But after maybe 10 minutes, I wasn't even smelling it that much anymore. Right. I would say the downside of incense, and I... I burn a lot of incense, is that the air gets smoky. So even if you stop smelling it, your air is getting thinner and it can give you a headache. Goodness. It has crates everywhere and bookshelves. Mm-hmm. They have this intricate collection of crates that they've stacked up and all the merchandise mm-hmm. is packed into these crates. It was very interesting. And just tons of jars of various stones and there's crystals and there's box many, many boxes of incense. So much incense, but I get the best incense there. It's called Nature Nature and it's, <laughs> it's really good. Uh, little, little bottles of things things a few paintings lots of books it's just medallions jam-packed yeah tapestries some little buddhas but not Mm -hmm. a lot of that a lot of salt candles stuff himalayan salt candles Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this place is just covered and coated in stuff wind chimes yep so just imagine that jewelry chakra charts you get it you get it and yet this is all very small it's a tiny place it is absolutely there were already chairs set up in Mm -hmm. oval shape Mm -hmm. in the available space on the floor there's wood flooring Mm -hmm. a shiny wood Mm -hmm. flooring anyway so we walked up to the cash register and we had rsvp'd in advance you had oh i guess i hadn't i thought i had so you paid it was the 11 Mm dollars fee 
Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all for contacting aliens. Yeah, good point. Uh, That's a good deal when you think of it that way. Yeah, how much does the SETI Institute spend every year? I bet more than $11. I would would imagine so. Though they lost their federal funding at some point. Now they have to do fundraising because politicians don't get it. Mm-hmm. Then we sat down on these chairs, bright blue folding chairs, and... They were uncomfortable. You sat next to Caroline, your friend? Yes! They were uncomfortable. My yeah, butt was uncomfortable. Not great meditation chairs, but that's all right. Yeah, so I'm a friend, Caroline. And, and I thought, I'm not going to sit right next to Carrie. I'm going to go sit across from Carrie. Whoa, whoa, two seats over. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's right. Next to my new buddy who was sitting next to me, he seemed like a good soul. Yeah, I don't think we learned his name. It was Sean. Oh. That's a generic cool. enough name. No yeah, one is going to find gonna Sean. Out which Sean it is. Come on. Maybe Good it was luck. Wallace Sean. Uh, nice guy. And they kept saying, oh, we'll wait for a few more people to get here. We'll wait for a few more. And a few more did show up. Yes. By the yeah. time all was said and there were 10. done. Yeah. Including the people from the store who'd come to sit down and join us as well mm-hmm. on the floor. But there were only, I think, three of those. So, you know. I was almost tempted to sit down on the floor as well. I was too. Those chairs, not comfortable. But we were going to get going pretty fast. So Matthew, who was going to lead this exercise, Mm -hmm. came by and he said, hey, maybe pick up a stone from around the store. You might be tempted to buy it afterward and that's fine. (laughs) Uh, But it can help direct your energy and really amplify this experience. So we all walked around trying to find a stone that met our energy needs. And at first, I just went for a good old regular quartz crystal. Mm-hmm. Then Caroline, mm-hmm. your friend and mine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, your best friend. <laughs> uh, had clearly so much knowledge about these things. She knows stones. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So she was telling us what all of these would do. And I had asked what the pirate was going to do. And she's like, oh, well, that brings wealth. And I think, mm-hmm. well, it's fake gold. It's Fool's gold, but mm. okay, guess it brings wealth. Yay. No, it, but she said abundance. But right, which doesn't have to be material. Be mater- yeah. Yeah. And other people were asking her, oh, well, what does this do? What does this yeah, do? Yeah, suddenly she became the expert in the room. And when she went for selenite, mm. the rest of us said, oh, well, we want that too then. If that's, <laughs> if that's what knowledgeable lady's going for, we want it. And it also, it was very cool looking. It looked like the crystals Superman, you know, Kal-El puts in to play back memories from his father. Oh, sure. Jor-El in exactly. uh, Superman. Uh, they were long and they were sort of striated. They had these lines on them that sort of acted as a diffraction grating. So when you looked at it, you could see the light sort of breaking oh, up neat. and all these long parallel scratches on the surface. But also I noticed it kind of flaked off in your hand. Oh. So I had little tiny shards coming off in my hand at all points because I was holding it for the next... 30 minutes. I kept grabbing at different stones and nothing was really speaking to me. So finally, I just picked up some rose quartzy looking thing, polished stone and held that. How'd that work out for you? I didn't notice an effect one way or the other, but it's nice to hold a nice little thing in your hand. Yeah. A little polished stone. Not going to complain. Is that afterwards you might want to purchase it? Yeah. So I thought was clever. Yep. Oh, I've had this vision with the stone. Right. We go way back. The Reiki lady did that for my Reiki class as ah, well. Ah, clever. Eh, I, I would have been open to buying the yeah, I considered it. So Matthew came by. He had lit candles that he put on the floor. Mm-hmm. Those like tall, skinny candles that you might associate with often having like a picture of Jesus or a saint. Four candles. Oh, okay. Those were lit. And then they tried various lighting permutations, but eventually asked if it was okay with us if they just turned off the lights mm-hmm. altogether. Well, sure. Yeah, sure. We got to talk to aliens, guys. You know how to do it. He told us that he had a good amount of experience doing this. He's going 
going to lead us through it. And we're going to contact the ETs because pretty much everyone has been an ET in a past life. Yes. You may not remember it. That's okay. You might remember it. Everybody, that's okay. Everybody has, but some people are on a path where they are going to acknowledge that in this life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I guess if you don't believe it, then you're just not on that path where you're acknowledging the truth. Right. Yeah, we weren't sure earlier from the advertisement that we initially saw how tongue-in-cheek this would be because they'd use a cartoony alien. Right. And... I I figured it had to be sincere just because of the location because I've been there before. But yeah, the ad made it seem like maybe this is a little playful. But at this point, we were clear on... Not playful. This, yeah, this guy Serious. definitely yeah, believes we are going to contact aliens. And we will. So after he turned the lights off, he had us all get comfortable, said there's no particular way you need to sit, mm -hmm. had us all close our eyes and started doing some relaxation type stuff. The exercise that I remember most vividly now is he had us breathe in and imagine that our mouths were on our the crown of our head. Yeah, I kept picturing a blowhole for a uh -huh. whale. That's kind of what I saw too. You would breathe in together, everybody all at once and... And then he'd have you hold it at the top of your head. And so you'd, you'd want to picture that air having come in at the top of your head and you're holding it all at the top of your head. And then we would release it all together. And he would, in a very pained voice, be like, and hold it. Yeah. And release it. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. Yeah. It matched the, the pressure. One thing he kept doing that always gets to me, he would say, as you're taking your next breath, mm -hmm. I want you to, and he gives oh, right. these slow and instructions. Like, I was like, well, I need to breathe right now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to breathe. So which breath is it? When do right, I start right. doing this? Because I need to know the full instructions right. first. Right. But then what's Five the breaths way? later. In your next breath, when by that I mean the one where I finish this sentence. Well, and soon we're going to take a breath where uh, we... Yeah, okay. Da, 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 yeah. But so many of our practitioners have done that to us. Yeah. And th uh, there's just this literalist in my head that mm -hmm. has to say, okay, well, obviously not in the next breath. I need to breathe. Breath I can't just Nazi. I can't just sit here with all of my breath exhaled and right. wait for you to finish explaining this because <laughs> then it'll be... <gasps> right. So we're doing that. Were you starting to get like a nice tingly feeling? Uh, not that I noticed. Oh, okay. uh, the idea was that we would open up that chakra at the top Crown of our heads. Chakra. Yeah, and then we had an exercise where we would breathe through our heart chakra. Yeah, that was nice. Then as we breathed out, we would push energy however you wanted to visualize it but you would send out energy around to the person to your left and then mm -hmm. it would continue on through the whole crowd yeah. like all 10 of us so that was a fun one just visualizing i had these kind of white sort of electric ah uh, yeah with a little zap more gold but yeah zappy ends that were working their way all through and then hitting me again to form a circle and then that was going to be a sort of protective barrier that was also going to be our vehicle to bring us up into space. Yeah, he wanted us all connected to each other, and we were to visualize white lights appearing above us, mm -hmm. and those were also connecting. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, now we were all connected together, and we were going to start when we breathe in, 
and then breathe out, we would imagine that exhale lifting us up off the ground. Yeah, like a rocket ship. Yeah, so first we kind of lift it up. This was effective. I think he did a really good Mm -hmm. job of creating a visual that you could follow along with because for me, I need those gradual steps or Mm -hmm. I I feel like I've cheated. Mm -hmm. And so he had us get up out of the ceiling. Then we were floating above and we'd see all the city lights as we got farther and farther away. So these exhales would really push us up high they'd say oh now you can just see like the outline of california right you could just see ah the curvature of the earth Mm -hmm. oh he believes in the curvature yeah i thought the same thing he was wearing he was wearing a nasa shirt (laughs) yep and we were wondering at first oh how how uh pro nasa how do you mean that right but it wasn't assholes and it wasn't nope right (laughs) and uh, yeah then we got up higher and higher and and the idea was that he was going to get us to stop at a place in between the earth and the moon and the moon which i think uh well first of all makes me think of jerry and rhythmia oh yes of course halfway to mrs moon but then also is thinking okay well the aliens would be on another planet, you'd think, not just in the middle of space between us and the moon. So mm. as long as we're sort of astral traveling, are they also astral traveling to this space between us and the moon? Or yeah, are they hanging out in I, the air? Yeah, I'm going to say that they can do this all spiritually. But then why do we even need to go up there? Oh, that's a good question. Well, they could do it with a ship too. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think maybe we're meeting in the middle. Maybe they're astral traveling and that's just sort of the barrier they'll go. It's like when you order something on Craigslist and then that person's like, well, I'm 20 miles away, but I'll tell you what, I'll come eight miles if you'll come 12 miles. And you're like, okay, I really want this Dick Van Dyke memorabilia. I will do it. This sounds like a real story. No, I'm just, it's just hypothetical. Hypothetical, okay. It's just something that might happen. I like that as we did approach that spot, he was very insistent that we all stay grouped together. Uh-huh. And he said, okay, and we're all independently reaching the exact same spot. And he had this clicking in moment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think he would snap his fingers, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, something like some sound that let us know that we were all at just at the exact right spot. Right. I thought that was good well job, done. Everybody. And so I felt, oh, good. I'm I'm locked I step with everybody else. We're ready for the aliens. And that's when he said to picture us being taken into the spacecraft. And now we're seeing just pure whiteness all around us. We're inside and it's just a white surface in mm-hmm. every direction. So I pictured our group, but now very well lit in a mm-hmm. <laughs> pure pure white space. And we were to sit down and picture across from us any kind of chair we wanted. Yeah, I was confused for a moment. I thought he was saying that about a chair that we were in. Oh, so first huh? I pictured myself sitting on this kind of marble uh, slab hmm. that was shaped halfway towards a chair or throne or something. It had a big elaborate back. What kind of chair were you picturing? Uh, I immediately saw across from me a student desk with the attached like mini writing surface. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My dad has one of those vintage ones with a little inkwell in it. There you go. Yeah, so eventually I realized, oh, that's supposed to be located across from me. So the marble slab went over there. Uh, Okay. And we were setting that chair down so that an extraterrestrial could come and sit in it and talk to us. Awesome. Yeah. I got an alien. Did you get an alien? I did. So uh, what did yours look like? Uh, It was an alien who looked like a taller, more muscular version of the gray alien. Okay. With more angular features and glowing white. 
Oh, okay. So he, it was like he was made out of some very goat pa- sperm, pale. <laughs> yes, of some very pale substance. Boy, Carrie, all this talk of meditation mm-hmm. is making me a little sleepy. Maybe that's because of the peaceful nature of reflection. That would make sense. Or maybe it's because you need a new mattress. If I had to get a new mattress, uh-huh. I know who I'd go to. I'd go to Casper. Oh, Casper. I love Casper. And Ono Ross and Carrie is supported in part by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. And they offer affordable prices because they cut out the middleman, see a middleman, and they sell directly to the consumer. That's you. I am sick of the middleman being in my bed. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, middleman, excuse me. I'm trying to lay here with my boyfriend and my dog. It's already a little cramped. Middleman. And then you got the fuck in there. And now, how am I supposed to fall asleep like that? And they support good podcasts. Not middlemen, but Casper. Right. Yes. Yeah, let's be clear about that. (laughs) Agreed. Now, you've never had a Casper. I have not. Okay. You got to get a Casper. You know I do. Well, maybe maybe your next mattress will be a Casper. And Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink but also bounce. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. You see what they did there? You sleep on it. Oh, yeah, okay. I need to sleep on it. never thought about it, but you're right. It's like you when we went to Scientology. I was just thinking that. I told them (laughs) I needed to sleep on that decision. And the Scientologists would give them a hard time like, oh, really? Well, Mm -hmm. can we make a schedule for you to come in and (laughs) make your decision? Because I need to be rewarded (laughs) for having brought you in with like, you know, a meal. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Casper doesn't do that though. Commission points. No, in fact, you don't just sleep on it. You sleep on it like nearly a hundred times. Yeah, exactly. And you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash oh no and using promo code oh no at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I saw, well, the first thing I saw was I was aware that it was a female alien, and I saw her thigh gap a first. A fe- female alien? A female alien. Her thigh gap. Yeah, because she like, <laughs> I was sitting, and she was standing and coming in to sit down at, at the table. Wow. And so I just saw like her very feminine thighs walk in front of me, and I could like see oh, wow. through her thigh gap. Okay. And then she sat down, and then I saw her face, and her face was a cat's face. Oh. Yeah. And I oh. thought, okay, it's like a cat woman. Oh, cat woman. Uh, yeah, it's like a cat slash woman. And I think that her features were purple and green, but the color wasn't. I have a poor inner eye, so like mm. the colors weren't, I don't know, that present to me, but I think they were purple and green. And she sat down, and then Matthew said, it's going to be 10 minutes until you hear my voice again, but you can ask your ET for any wisdom, anything he or she wants to share with you. Don't fight any of it. Just take anything that comes. Yeah. I didn't see her open her mouth and say this, but I immediately felt like she was telling me two sentences. The first was, it is a lantern. Okay. And then the second was, I feel lucky. I feel lucky. It is a lantern. I I feel feel lucky. lucky. 
And did that have any particular significance to you in those 10 minutes? I kept thinking about it. Okay, it is a lantern. I feel lucky. It is a lantern. I feel lucky. I'm sure Matthew would tell you sometime tonight that'll make sense. Yeah. Or you'll have a dream about it, or it'll click in tomorrow. Who knows? I was fighting the urge to to interpret and analyze it myself. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. So I was just letting it be and thinking, you know, she might have more to say. This might become obvious what it means. It didn't really. I did keep getting this visual, though, when I was hearing uh, it is a lantern. I would see a candlestick, like a very old school white melty candlestick uh, with a flame. And then hovering above the flame was a piece of paper that was like perfectly perched in the air above the flame. Oh, interesting. And like wasn't, as far as I can tell, getting burnt. It was as if the heat were like balancing it there. Okay, just perfectly. Yeah. Interesting. And that's the message I got from my cat, E.T. Okay, my alien, he was sitting across from me, but he was not facing me directly. He was face a little to my right. Okay. So I was seeing him sort of three-quarter profile. And I don't think he said anything to me, but at some point I saw there were a bunch of bottles, like soda bottles, root beer bottles. Uh, they were shaped like beer bottles. I don't know what was in them. They were brown. And then there were more bottles. And I remember thinking at that point, well, that's too many. Like before it was the right Clean amount. This up. But yeah, now this is excessive. And so I felt like I was getting this message of, about reducing. Like there's just too much. Need, oh, I need, like that your aliens are a recycler. Need less stuff. Yeah. So that was, I, I don't know. I had this very green message in my mind about not having as much stuff around. Huh. Okay. I saw other things later on. And I guess Matthew would tell me not to ignore any of them or push them aside. I did see later on kind of a crouching figure that had really leathery skin and it was kind of goat-like so i'm not like yeah like like the head of a goat so it was sort of an alien like a baphomet yeah you know it wasn't too far from a baphomet mixed with like the previous alien like if you put the two two of those together you'd have whatever it was i saw and then there was like a brief moment where i saw like a figure bicycling in the distance in silhouette and that was interesting for a while with like a fence behind him and a sunset. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Brain does weird things. Brains do weird things. Or man. aliens give you weird things when you meet them halfway between the earth and the moon. One or the other take, will let you decide which one's the simpler explanation. <laughs> take your pick. So that was the 10 minutes. And then he called us back. Yes. Well, slowly. But, but you know what else calls me back all the time? What's that? The lure of great audio. Me too. Yeah? Uh, what do you got? You got any good audio I can listen to? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You love Max Fun, right? It's my favorite. Oh, you're going to love this show. Listen, we already know that you love genre movies, film craft, and female filmmakers. So if you love all those things, then by transitive property, you love my podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Hi, I'm film critic April Wolf. Every week, I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their favorite genre film. Each episode covers the filmmaking process, working in the film industry, and just like general geeking out about awesome movies. I've had such great guests like the big sick writer Emily Gordon. To me, indie movies as of late have come to be a catch-all term for a movie that kind of defies genre. Billy Madison and Half-Baked director Tamara Davis. When a comedian comes and enters onto my set, they're they're just there to be funny and we're all ready and waiting for them to be funny. Horror industry veteran and actor Barbara Crampton. That's where real drama lies for me. What's What's between you and I speaking right now? Where where are we meeting? 
And what's the energy that we create between us? And so many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So he didn't just have us plop right back down on the ground. He talked us out of the spaceship and then had us slowly descend toward the Earth, see the city lights again, all of that, until we gently rested back into our bodies. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. And we did. Oh, you know what? Speaking of opening your eyes, when we were on the other planet or whatever, uh, he said to open our inner eyes. Oh. Kept saying something about opening your eyes. And I was like, are we talking about my inner eyes or my regular eyes? That was a little confusing. Sure. Anyway. Um, But yeah, once it was over, we all opened our eyes, yawned, stretched. This is the sort of thing where you do want to be incredibly comfortable so you're not so aware of your body. Yeah. Because that'll take you out of the experience. For sure. And I had a couple things I had to consciously not fixate on. One was the uncomfortable chairs. Yes. Just compressing your butt. Mm -hmm. And then... I had the urge to fart during this. It was just one of those situations where your stomach's sort of roiling around, but Mm -hmm. you have to keep tabs on it because if you're not careful, you just fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And then you'd be shot up into space faster than the rest of us. (laughs) Right. We'd lose our synchronization. Uh, Our bond of white light would be broken. Uh, So that was, it was just annoying. Like, I don't want to have to think about this right now. Oh, yeah. That's what the body's given me. Bummer. As we were coming out of it, he was also talking about some very sweeping statements about what we might have encountered. And he named a number of different constellations Mm -hmm. that we might have met aliens from. So he mentioned Lyra. The Pleiades. Cassiopeia. Orion? Yeah. Maybe. I think Orion. I just remember the Pleiades. I don't know if he mentioned Draco at that point. Draco came up later. But he did. No, he. Yeah, he talked about. Okay. Yeah, I remember him saying draconian and thinking like, like really severe. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, he did at that moment. And uh, he was insinuating that there's this council of interplanetary beings Mm -hmm. and, you know, they've all had contact with us and they all make appearances and they want to speak to us and they have messages. And definitely it was one of those. Whoa, tell me more. Wait, what? Right. Kind of things. But he just very casually laid all this out in a very soothing and voice. Said there are five or seven of them in this room with us. He was really good at just stringing all of these things together, one sentence after another, no mm-hmm. pause in between. And then you're just kind of left to pay attention to the next one and then sort of wonder, wait, did you just say the thing that I think you said? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you did. <laughs> right. And then finally, he brings it to the end. Yeah. So now we're like a good 45 minutes into the event which is supposed to be over in like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and he says okay you know that's kind of it unless you have any questions so before he gets the questions i just want to note in matthew's mind this adventure is complete we could have stopped here yes that's right this could have been the end of the event we all saw whatever it is we saw and there you have it. And there you have it. But Matthew buried the lead a little bit on the things he believes about aliens. And they <laughs> will come out during this Q&A. So people start asking him like some questions about what he thinks about ETs. Yeah, uh, or, or what they saw in particular. Yeah, yeah. First, one woman wanted to know just feedback on what she had seen. Mm-hmm. I think it was Caroline asking about the Lyra. Yes, that's right. So Caroline wanted him to clarify what he meant when he was talking about all those different constellations, what aliens came from which place. 
And she was especially interested in the lira or the lyra, something like that. Yeah, he said some people pronounce it lyrians, but they're lyrians. Right. I don't know. He said that they're some of the most ancient races of aliens. Yeah, the first to colonize Earth. Right. And they appear to most people as cats. Yep. And I... Oh my God, I was so shocked. I kind of, you know, threw my head back and was like, what the fuck? And I almost said like, I saw them, I saw them. And then I thought, no one's going to believe this. Yeah. Like, I wish I had said it before. I thought someone else had seen cats or said they saw cats, but I I can't remember clearly. Okay. Uh, Wow. All right. Now you know where your aliens were from. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so wild. And then, and and he didn't blow past it. It wasn't like he was just pulling it out of his ass. He was like, you know, they look like cats. Some people, they look like leopards or whatever, you know. Uh, Talked about that for a bit. The woman to my left who worked at the store, she said, well, I saw a reptilian-like creature, but it didn't Mm -hmm. seem menacing. Right. It seemed nice and okay. Because Matthew had mentioned menacing reptilians right and especially the dragons from draco mm-hmm. and i think orion also has a lot of reptilians he said they're from all over the place anyways she asked about that and he said well we have a protection level in our group here so that there would be no negative encounters so mm. yeah, many things can appear differently there's many ways that that could have been a non-threatening reptilian uh, but that's great that you had that that site and to trust your instincts about whether it's positive or negative because that's really how you know that's how we know everything he said instinct is how we know <laughs> everything it, in, in the event description itself they had promised that these would be all positive beings that we would encounter. Oh, did they? Yeah, and he said, Hmm. we're getting to a point where within the next few years, you know, our overall level of energy is rising together so that those creatures will no longer even be able to visit the planet anymore. Because everyone's getting to this level of enlightenment. I don't know what where he's living right now. <laughs> right. This, but okay. How is that true? And we also elected Trump. Right, right. By the way, the event description was many of us have lived past lives as extraterrestrials or may have had experiences in our physical lives that have left us wondering, confused, or fearful about the phenomenon of alien or ET contact. Matthew will be leading a guided meditation with the intention of making contact with positively aligned extraterrestrial races currently assisting humankind during this period of awakening and transition from third density into the fourth and fifth dimensional planes. Mm. Everyone is welcome and no prior experience with meditation is required. The third density, you say. That's as dense as I get. So then we talked a little about this idea of reptilians. Mm-hmm. So it oh, done yes. turns out David Icke is right. There are they're rep- infiltrating. There are reptilian humanoids who live on this earth right now, some in Los Angeles, and they like to eat humans. Yes, eat humans. Eat and humans. They have societies and incubation centers. I can't remember the exact integration centers. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so they live amongst us. And he said he's encountered people that are clearly aliens. Right. Some of which aren't evil reptilians. Yes. Some of them are more innocuous or even beneficial. One woman asked if they're aware of that, which is a good question. Were you that, that woman? I was that woman. That was a good question, woman. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
and he said, uh, not always. Right. Some aren't even aware, mm-hmm. but they get trained to know that they are. So that's seems- well, yeah, that like some end up discovering that knowledge. I, I think he meant like your Corey Goods. Uh, well, although Corey, Corey doesn't claim he's an alien, but like, you know, someone who recovered memories or that mm. kind of thing. Oh, I see. I see. Part of a program. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and then this other woman said, oh, yeah, I know about that. They go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and she just threw just, that out. And he's like, there you uh-huh. go. Yep. Sweeps past it. And like they two minutes later, I'm like, now, what was that about Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, you know, they want to know more about human behavior. So. <laughs> they just want the experience. So they go play the so slot machines. So they go to Vegas. They go to Vegas. They do all the Vegas things. Because if you're trying to think of what's quintessentially human, I think Vegas, baby. But apparently there's a big community in L.A. as well. Yep. Of these uh, aliens and sometimes reptilians. Isn't that a coincidence oh, and we live in LA? So yeah. again, there were 10 people total, I think even including Matthew. Most of them were women. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this woman, she had a green shirt and frizzy blonde hair. Uh-huh. The one who talked about Vegas. Then she just kind of casually mentioned, yeah, and I, I mean, they've infiltrated the royals like in, mm-hmm. in Britain. Mm-hmm. And he was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's to all correct. that. Yep. They've also been contributing to these pedophile rings. That we all know have been popping up more and more lately, uh, which I think is an allusion to Pizzagate. So they've been eating people and- And raping children. Raping children, yep. Yep, typical stuff. Yep. And he said something like, well, that makes sense. Like, they eat children, so- there you go. Where are these missing children? I want to know. Whenever- uh, hello. Like, if this is true, why did we find this out during the Q&A almost an hour later? If I knew that there were a bunch of missing children who had been sexually assaulted and then lost... Yeah. I wouldn't be like, well, let's all sit in a room. Let's meditate. See if they have anything to say about uh, lanterns. I'd be like, get the children back. Let's meditate to try to get the fucking children back. So weird. it seems like the same mindset that leads you to suspect that real child victims of violence are crisis actors. And yet, yeah, right. and yet they're not asking, where are these missing children that they... So blithely speak yeah, of. Yeah, that's really true. It really turns Which parents are missing their children and suspect that they have been eaten by aliens? Yeah. It's this whole attitude that, I mean, it predates this time, mm-hmm. but it feels very much of this time at the same time. This idea of like, well, there's, you know, there's an argument for every side of the story, so there's no way to tell which way is up. Any truth yeah. is truth. And it's like, that's that's not right. Right. That's incorrect. But that seems that's the first step. You just have to set it up so that everybody's speculating. Yeah. Well, you're not sure either. See? Right. So, you, so your lack of complete assurance is equal to my complete <laughs> assurance right. of just making stuff up, really. To compare this to Twitter, because everything's comparable to Twitter. There was some stranger I interacted with recently who was saying, well, no wonder the U.S. has such an opioid crisis. It's because of all that medical marijuana. So I sent him a study from the Journal of the American Medical Association about- it reduces opioid yes, use. 
Yes. If people have access to because when people have chronic medicinal pain, marijuana, yeah, the, this thing that's not addictive <sighs> is going to be better. Yeah, I sent him that, and he said, "Well, I might as well go look at like truthly.com if I'm going to consider this a good source." The Journal of the American Medical Association. Well, that's just a bunch of scientists. They're all paid off. Uh, uh, I know. I know. We're losing all our moorings. <laughs> It's but terrible. you know, also, I don't even believe you believe that. I don't think that person really thinks there's no truth. I think he just doesn't want to think for a second it's about lazy. what the truth is. Right. Yeah. And he's already got a comfortable conclusion. Yeah. yeah. Another woman asked about the Oh, yeah, this event. Sea- mm-hmm. She asked about the seahorse that she had seen. Yeah. And almost apologetic. She was a couple chairs to my right. And, oh, you know, it's weird. I don't know what to make of that. And it's obviously not an alien. And Matthew said, oh, no, 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 no. there is a constellation. I can't remember which one it was where there often are sea creatures mm-hmm. and they will even create protective bubbles around themselves and they will do astral traveling mm-hmm. and they can appear as sea creatures to many people. So see, you shouldn't ignore anything as weird as it seems. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't ignore anything that you see. They may appear in a tube. Because I can make an explanation out of it. Right. <laughs> And then, by the way, the sea is full of creatures. Sea creature is not a very specific sure. lock into seahorse, but it's a good catch-all in case someone sees a mermaid. Ah, see, right, see, sea creature, right, right. The woman to my left, the very tan woman who worked there at the shop, she then said, "I also saw. I a saw that too. I wasn't going to say too." I didn't want to say it because I thought I'd sound crazy. Oh, yeah. No, we would have all thought you were crazy when you You're said that person, horse. Carrie, because you didn't want to say that you saw the cat lady. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like once he had said right. cats. And if she it. had the good sense of a Carrie Poppy, she would have known not to say it at that point. Cause right. That's not the time. Right. Now you're you just out. jumping on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come fresh out of the gate with that. I hope you horse. all learned something from this podcast about... <laughs> When to share your visions. Yeah, exactly. When it's appropriate. Write it down, mail it to yourself, have a postage stamp on there. But very clearly for Matthew, anything you say, he'll just believe. and He'll say, I'm sure it's all true, and he'll really mean it. Mm-hmm. And not along. And I think there's a few factors coming into play there. One, of course, is just this desire to believe all of it. But I think another is, oh, I'm the expert in the room and you're saying something I haven't heard before, but I'm going to act like I've heard it before because I don't want to lose oh, yeah. my sense of being. Could very easily see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being the expert with here. So, yeah, when that one person was saying, oh, yeah, the aliens, they go to Vegas and they eat children and they have sex with children. And he's just nodding along. I was thinking, like, do you actually think all this or is this the first time you've heard this, but you have a real bad nodding <laughs> habit? <laughs> And what really astounded me was just his sense of assuredness about all of this. He just said it so matter-of-factly, and he kept saying, this is literally true. I know it sounds crazy, but it's literally true. Yeah, he keeps saying that. Uh, And he would just drone on in such this matter-of-fact voice, saying these patently absurd things, Mm -hmm. if I... But he knows they sound crazy. Yeah. Caroline texted me afterward and was like, yeah, I just really like to wake up saying I know this sounds crazy, but it's literally true. And she said, sound logic. Right. Oh, boy. He also told us during this Q&A that 
aliens often talk to us through song. Oh, yeah. Lyrics and music. And so to listen for that, which reminded me of the talk at Ozark. Right, um, about downloads. Yeah, what was the guy's name? Grant Cameron? Is that his name? I think that was one that gave that talk. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just thought that's another easy way to grab random input mm-hmm. and assign meanings to it very clever very sure. clever yeah and he kept saying after one of these long conversations well we could be here all night answering questions i'm sure so so if uh, nobody has any additional questions i guess we're all done and i wanted to ask about his nasa shirt but i was hungry and wanted to go next door to Greenleaf. i wanted to mention my alien and figure out where he came from and where the goat alien hybrid weird thing came from but i thought yeah we should really let this end Yeah, (laughs) correct. (laughs) So we got up, they turned on the lights, put our crystals back. Maybe some people bought theirs, I'm not sure, but they kind of shepherded us out of the store. And yeah, you wanted to eat food. Oh, I was hungry. I wanted to eat food. I was hungry. We went next door to Green Leaves Vegan Restaurant. We ordered a fake chicken sandwich with fries, fish and chips, and beef and broccoli. Beef and broccoli, yeah, all vegetarian. Those latter two things were Ross's, but still. I I couldn't decide. The beef with broccoli sounded amazing, and the fish and chips, I was just curious about. Yeah. How how do you do vegan fish and chips? It was good. It was. They did it. Yeah, they done did it. So we sat there. We're blithely talking to each other about- Being like- That was wild. It's amazing. He really believes that. He really thinks that pedophiles slash lizards are running the earth (laughs) and- Seated humanity, blah, 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 blah. Then half an hour later. At the end, I get up to go to the bathroom and I see a woman who was in the session with us. She didn't talk too much. She had dark, Mm -hmm. uh, curly Curly hair. hair. And so I sort of turned back to see who she was sitting with. And directly opposite Carrie on the booth behind her was Matthew, the instructor. Wonderful. (laughs) It was really loud in there, though. I don't think he heard it. But there's a real possibility. I texted this to Carrie from the bathroom. (laughs) OMG, Matthew is seated directly behind you. And she wrote back in all caps, what? No. And then again, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And when I got back to our seat, I kind of smiled at him as I walked by. And he gave me a very friendly, you know, little half wave and smile. But then I sat down across from you and you just had this look like, do I need to melt any farther into the seat? I said, oh, no, it's fine. I'm sure you didn't hear us. We can't hear them. Yeah. I, think we're all I don't good. think he heard it. But who knows? I mean, he seemed like a real nice guy. He did seem like a nice guy. And we didn't describe him. Retroactively, you can imagine a guy, I don't know, about uh, 5'10", maybe. Oh, I didn't really notice his height. Dark, dark cauc- haired. Caucasian man. Mm-hmm. 29. That sounds about right. All right. Yeah. 29 and a half. Good looking fella. Yeah. He might have been a bit Hispanic, I thought, as we were looking at him. I have no idea. Anyways, he seemed like a, a friendly fellow, but with also, some interesting ideas. And he had a tattoo on his forearm of a hammer. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. And the hammer had, I think, the word hope on it. I was very curious about that. Hope is a hammer. If I had a hammer, I'd write hope on it. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, it's supposed to be a hammer of justice. Yeah, true. I had so many questions for him that didn't get answered. So many. Yeah, but but we had to eat food. We had to eat food, and (laughs) he was already telling us about the pedophile lizards that run the world. So (laughs) Yeah, that was wild, and uh, I hope we go to some more meetings there. Me too, but no hot drinks. No hot drinks at all. Yeah. So thumbs down on that. You know, Ross, while we were at this event, Mm -hmm. 
Some people took off their shoes. Some people didn't. You know, I noticed that. Not only did I notice that, but the majority of the people in the room, including you, Uh were wearing flip flops. Oh, isn't that interesting? And yet I don't flip flop on the issues like great socks. Yes, socks are important. And the instructor, he like me was wearing shoes. And I wish partway through that I could have taken off my shoes and just been hanging out in my socks. I think I would have been able to concentrate just that much better. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You got a good sock on and no shoes. Baby, you're going to be able to do your work, your life, your hangouts 90 times better because you're going to be that much more confident, collected, cool, and comfortable. That's what we like to call the four C's. And also, it was a nice polished wooden floor. I could have done a risky business move. You could have. Though, I guess I would have had to take off my pants for that. Were you wearing the best socks of all time, Bombas? Probably. You know, I can't remember for sure. But Bombas socks are excellent socks. Oh, you're telling me they go on your feet and they make you feel like a king or queen man. And... Oh No Podcast, this show you're listening to mm-hmm. is supported in part by Bombas. You don't say. No, it's true. Well, no matter what you're striving for, a rendezvous with the aliens, mm-hmm. or whatever your particular goals are in life, Bombas are perfectly engineered to help you be comfortable. They feature this honeycomb arch support system. Uh, you know, picture picture a honeycomb, and it's yeah. like that. It's all it's like shaped. It's in part this- of the whole bee theme going on mm-hmm. with these socks. Yeah, they kind of scrunch up in this nice little way right there and support you. It hugs just the that middle of your much foot. More in the middle of the foot. Exactly. Yeah. It's got a cushioned footbed. It's got a Y stitched heel, and it's made of this really nice cotton. It's very soft. It's really comfortable. They are the most comfortable socks in the in history the history of, of feet. feet uh that is an extraordinary claim and i'm just gonna buy it wholeheartedly <laughs> bombas donates one brand new pair of socks for every pair they sell to date they've sold and donated over 7 million pairs which is 14 million socks <laughs> that's awesome so yeah we got some bombas They sent them to us, and really, truly, I don't feel like wearing other socks. When other socks come up in the rotation, I'm like, oh, "Uh, it's the non bombus ones. Yep. The NBs, the non bombas. (laughs) So, if you want to join this uh, sock purchasing flurry, Mm-hmm. You can go to bombas.com, that's B-O-M-B-A-S.com, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Holy cow. So this is a good way to find out uh, if you like the socks. Now, you can't send them back because they're socks. <laughs> Probably. It's, I don't know. Do they? Maybe they let you return them. I guess if you haven't worn them. Right. You know, socks and underwear touches you. It's yours now. Yeah, they probably shouldn't accept them back. But listen, I don't know what their return policy is, but I do know this. You're not going to want to return them. Why would you? Why would you? They're such good socks. So go to bombus.com slash ohno, O-H-N-O, and use the code ohno. Also O-H-N-O. Correct. We were saying. Pseudoscience rating, one to ten? Six? Yeah, this is one of those ones where they're not really talking about science, but... But, like, aliens are science. If you're doing all this stuff, yeah. I guess I'm with you. At least he mentioned the curvature of the Earth by name. You're right. I feel like I already have more kinship with you than I do with the flat earthers. Mm -hmm. All right, six sounds fine. All right, cool. Danger? Any danger? Not in this, uh, um, we're not looking at like... What the implications of the pedophile <laughs> Right, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, but just this particular event and everything, yeah, one. Yep, I'm with you, one. Pocket drainer value? Ah, $11 for this. Well, hey, if you're really making contact with aliens, this is fantastic. Yeah. Great deal. 
You know, I think it was fine. Eleven dollars. It was a good time. It was an hour of hanging out with some other people, learning some new things that I never knew before, and still don't. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a one. Creepiness. Oh, this was creepy. A little. Yeah. There, there was definitely some creep factor with what we were seeing in the explanations we got for it. Oh yeah, and the pedophile ring thing. Yeah, that that at least knocks it up one or two. I'll say six. Okay. I think if we'd kept talking, it would have gotten yeah, that's the thing. steadily creepier. Before Pizza Kate came into the picture, I'd say four. <laughs> Once Pizza Kate's there, it's a ten. I mean, that's the creepiest <laughs> possible thing. <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, cut the difference in half and say seven. All right, sounds good. Well, Carrie, thank you for telling me about this. Oh, my pleasure. And coming along with me. And thank you to Caroline. Yes, thank you, Caroline. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Ian Kramer is our administrative manager. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C, and see videos, pictures, everything you could possibly want. If you go to greta.com, G-R-E-T-T-A.com, you can find our episodes. You can listen to them there, but also see the words as we speak them. Follow along with that transcript. Maybe you have a friend who has trouble hearing and could use the visual aid. Uh, that this would be exactly the thing they need. Or maybe you have someone who wants to share quotes from our show. That's a good place to find them. You can also find us on Twitter at Ono oh Podcast. Leave us a positive review at iTunes or Spotify or your podcast procurement platform of preference. Or leave us a positive donation at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Become a member. It really helps what we do, and we appreciate you. Yeah, please don't leave a negative donation. Wouldn't that be terrible if you could put in it like negative $40 and then the podcast owes you money? Yeah, it'd be terrible. That'd be a terrible loophole. (laughs) And remember. It is a lantern. I feel lucky. Hey everybody, this is J. Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself, a live game show here in the Maximum Fun Network. On Go Fact Yourself, we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. Oh, by the way, how much do you know about chicken husbandry? You gotta give them that grain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> gotta give them that grain. And then smart again. What future Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians became the first active player to enlist? Bob Feller. When- oh, okay. <laughs> We've got me co-host Helen Hong, plus celebrity guests and actual surprise experts. All right, we have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Is Helen. it Alan Havey? Helen, who do we have tonight? Alan Havey! Alan Havey! In the coming weeks, you can hear guests like Maria Bamford, Tom Bergeron, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and Grant Imahara. Check us out on the first and third Friday of every month here on the Maximum Fun Network. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.